Okay, so um, we're in our uh, Good News series, and uh, we've had some tough sermons, haven't we, recently? Some tough messages uh, to hear with election and heaven and hell, and um, the reality is I'm not sure today's gets any easier. Uh, It's called The Great Commission, and um, we're going to be looking at some of uh, Jesus' last words that he said. Now, people's last phrases can come in all sorts of shapes and sizes. Um, There was a guy called James French. He'd murdered someone. He was a a criminal. Oh, that's better. And uh, he was uh, on death row due to be executed um, in Oklahoma. And um, his name was James French. French, that's important in the uh, in the story here, and um, do you know what his last words, the reported are, some of them anyway, uh, where he said, just before he died, he said, I've got a headline for you tomorrow, French fries. (laughs) Another guy called Buddy Rich, Sean might know who Buddy Rich is, he's an American jazz drum virtuoso, and uh, he, um, on his deathbed, the nurse asked him, is there anything that you cannot take? A medical question, and he said, country music. (laughs) A jazz man to the end. And of course, the famous General John Sedgwick, have you heard of him? He was in the American War, Civil War, and um, a couple of shots had flown past his ear, and he said these famous words, they couldn't hit an elephant from this distance. That was his final words. He, I don't know how big he was, but he obviously wasn't an elephant. <clears throat> but they did hit him. But now, bizarre, mostly forgotten. Not like Jesus' last words. Full of purpose. Full of power. And have endured for all time. We're going to look at two bookends John's Gospel, and in Matthew's Gospel, we're going to start in John chapter 20 and hear these words and how they relate to us as his people. So if you want to turn to John 20, you can. Um, I'm going to read from uh, verse 19. It will come up on the screen, and it says this, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together With the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. This is after his resurrection. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Imagine that room where the disciples were there, full of fear. He has died, and for all some of them know, that's the end. There's questions, there's doubts, there's fear. And then there's like guilt, because they're wondering whether they should even be asking these questions of, was what he said right? Is he who he said he is? And in the midst of that moment, the doors are locked for fear of the Jews that they would come and get them just like they'd come and got their 
friend Jesus, Jesus appears to them. What's his first words? His first words are, peace be with you. All of that angst, all of that turmoil, all of that worry and fear, peace. What kind of peace is this? This is Jesus, the peace saying, everything I said was true. I am who I said I am. I did what I said I would do, and here I am now, alive in the flesh, resurrected. And the joy of the disciples must have been overwhelming. They must have been welling up with excitement, knowing this peace that had come with such power and truth. And he says, don't get too excited. There's no time for that. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Right at that moment, they are a sent people. They're a saved people, but they're a sent people. He says, let's go. We've got a mission to crack on with. Let's have a look at what Jesus said in Matthew's gospel. Um, Matthew 28, these are very famous words. I'm sure you know them. It's called the Great Commission in the Bible. And uh, I'm going to read from verse 16. It says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Jesus came to them and he said, All authority has in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to believe and obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you till the very end of the age. Incredible words, full of purpose, full of passion, full of a great commission. You see, this kingdom, Jesus is saying, will be built by your going. Go into the nations. Tell them about me. This is what we are now a part of. And I want you to know that this has always been God's plan for his people. And what he says will come to pass. In Luke 24, verse 47, we read this, repentance for the forgiveness of sins, Jesus says, will be preached in his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. Matthew 24, 14, this gospel will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all the nations and then the end will come. The key word in those two passages is will. It will happen. My first point, if you like, why should we go and tell this new good news? Well, because of the sovereignty of God. Because he has planned it. The sovereignty of God was covering that room and that mountain and the disciples like a warm blanket as he gave this commission. 
He says, I'm going to do it. He says, you don't need to worry or fear because I've got this. This is my plan for you. It will be done. And if you needed any more incentive, you could go to the end of the book and look at Revelation 7, verse 9, where it says, John looking before him, and there he saw a great multitude that no one could count, with people from every tribe and every nation and every language and every people group standing around the throne, worshiping the Savior. Sovereign God calls us into his mission. And what he starts, he finishes. And he allows us to get involved in the adventure with him. Why should we go and tell this good news? Number two, it's a commandment. Jesus commanded us to do so until all have heard. It's the great commission not the great suggestion. Jesus didn't come to his disciples on that day and say, look, guys, I wonder if, right, would you possibly be able, you know, if it's not too much trouble for you, or if you've got room in your diary, would you, or if you're having a good day, would you possibly be able to go out, just go maybe just outside your door, or a bit further, you know, maybe into the road around you and tell others uh, or at least just show them something of, of my goodness um, and just try to tell them about, I don't know, something about me somewhere that you've heard one day. He didn't say that. He said, go and make disciples. In the original language, it's a command. You see, the good news or the bad news, however you want to see it today, the hard news is that sending into the mission as a church, for example, praying for the mission and going, whether you stay and go or go and go, is not optional from God's perspective. It's part of being a follower of him. We do the things that he says in our DNA groups. If you're in a DNA, there's a whole section on obey. What it means to put our faith into practice. And if God is who he says he is, and his word is true, then what God says in his word ought to be best for our lives. And the reason we have that kind of, well, what does that mean for you today then, is to help us work our obedience out in faith with one another as we read it together. Charles Spurgeon says, if you have never truly found Jesus, or you have never truly found Jesus, if you do not tell others about him. Whoa, that's pretty hard. In James 4, verse 17, it says, a man who knows good and what he ought to do and does not do it, that is a sin. I'll leave you to work out where you're at with this, but remember, this is the great commission, not the great 
omission. Friends, let's be caught up not with the great omission. Let's be caught up with his great plans for us together. Obedience to him is duty, yes. It's logical, yes, from what he says and from what we know. But it's also delight. And it can never stop at duty. And it can never stop even at logic and duty. They're not sufficient. It must get to life and delight because of what he has done for us. It's like we, in Romans 12, we surrender our lives, our everyday, ordinary lives, our going out, our coming in, our drinking and our eating, and we give them to him as a sacrifice. And the promise is that as we do that, we'll be changed from the inside out as we become a follower of him and we readily recognize what he wants us to do and respond quickly to it. There's such delight in our obedience with him as we partner with him. And we get this sense of this love that he has given unto us that we know we're motivated out of compassion and a healthy dose of courage that he gives us by his Holy Spirit so that we can put this into practice and delight in partnering with our Father and telling others about him. The mission train is about to leave the station for you and I. Will we get on board today? Many of you are already on board. Some of us have jumped off. <laughs> Even today, some of us will get back on, is my prayer. A couple of objections very quickly. The first one is so not for me. You might be saying that right now. This is just for the original disciples, right? This is just for those mature disciples uh, in this room. This is for the, the Mission Delta Elite SEAL Commando Christians, right? Sometimes called evangelists, perhaps. These are for church leaders. This is for church leaders. It's not for me. No. As I've already said, this is the unrelenting responsibility of every person who has seen the goodness of God and is following him. You know what I love in that Matthew's gospel in verse 17 where it says, um, the disciples, when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And that might be you here this morning. Some worshiped, some doubted, both were commissioned. Because it's not about how we feel. It's not about us particularly. It's about God working in and through us to bring about his purposes. It's his grace upon us <laughs> to draw us in to these things that he asks us to do. However you feel this morning, however much you know, in fact, it's not about knowledge did you know that Jesus never rebuked his disciples for their lack of knowledge? Mostly he had something to say about them, about their lack of faith, but not about how much they know. We each have a part to play. 
And it's not just the talking to those who don't know of him. It's not just that. There's making disciples in here. There's teaching. There's developing people in their faith. There's justice that comes as we uh, stand up for righteousness. There's social action that's part of this great commission. There's showing in the very smallest way, which can be just a smile, and there's telling of our faith and of what Jesus has done in our lives. And it will look different for every one of us because of our different gifts and our different personalities and the way God has already used us in our lives up to now. Second objection, it's too big for me. I have this feeling when I, I mean, this is massive, isn't it? Where do we start? I have this feeling when I go to Netflix, when I want to watch a film. And I think it's called Netflix because I just spend most of the time just flicking through trying to find a good film. So I need help. I need like, well, I need a category. Category, rom-com, because I love one of those. Not really. <laughs> My wife does. Rom-com, yes, that's a category. We narrowed it down. Okay, um, top 10, yeah, that always helps because if it's a good film, it'll be into the top 10. I just need to narrow it down a, a little bit more. New release, yes. And then by the time you get to the film you actually want to watch, it's like, oh, is that the time? I haven't got time to watch it. I'm off to bed. It feels so big, it feels so vast. It doesn't necessarily mean we need to cross the sea for an unreached people group. But a start would be to cross the street to an unreached neighbor. I love what Arthur Ashe says. He says this, start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. If you don't take anything else away, that's for you today. He calls us and you to go into all of your world What's your world? It's family, it's, it's work perhaps, it's neighbors, it's the school gates, it's the sports mates. Maybe it's Southbourne or Boscombe or Central Bournemouth. What's your world? He does want some to go to unreached people groups though. Did you know there are 200 geopolitical nations in the world? There are 17,000 people groups. 7,000 of those people groups have never heard of the gospel. They've never heard this good news that we are celebrating today. That's 2.18 billion people, 28% of the world's population have not yet heard of this incredible news. <laughs> I wonder, even today, by the Spirit, would God call one of us? Would we be open to that? Last objection, it's so hard for me. What you're asking me to, to go and tell all the other religions of the world that Jesus is the only way to get right before this holy judge who condemns us if we don't believe in him. A message that gets you killed in some places in the world and here because of our 
culture, it'll get you ridiculed perhaps or labeled as an arrogant and intolerant person. <laughs> Nearly said something else there. That is exactly what Jesus is saying, yes. Finally, why should we go and tell this good news? Because he has all authority in heaven and on earth. And surely, Jesus said, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus says, look, I wouldn't send you if I didn't have all authority. I wouldn't send you if I didn't have all the power over every nation. And I wouldn't send you if I didn't have all authority over every person in those nations. And I wouldn't send you, Jesus says, if I didn't have all authority over the people in your street and the power to bring them towards me. I wouldn't send you if the person that you stand in front of tomorrow morning in the office I wouldn't send you if I didn't have all authority over their lives. And don't you know I am drawing them <laughs> to myself and I want you to partner with me to help them know something of me. We are called when we entered into this life with Jesus to identify with him to carry our crosses. If you read in the Bible of the disciples, their acts, in the acts of, of the apostles, as it were, they're, it's, it's not great reading. They're flogged and they're brought up against the authorities. They're put into prison. They're hated, Jesus says, because of him. They're persecuted and sometimes they have to flee Jesus is still with them. Jesus is still blessing them. They still seem somehow to find it as a delight. And Jesus <laughs> is working out his end times plan through them and through us. It's a huge privilege. It's an amazing partnership. And to some degree, an urgent priority. The sovereign God is calling us into his great story of redemption. He commands us to go or stay and go to make disciples. And he has given us everything we need, all authority and all power through the Holy Spirit to finish the work and to enjoy the journey, even though it may be tough, as we adventure with him. This whole series, it's been incredible in terms of the gospel is glorious. We can glorify God by being obedient to him and seeking to win souls for him. We've heard that people's eternal destiny is at stake. We've heard that God's sovereignty and how he chooses before the foundation of the world to elect some. We've seen that this is a beautiful treasure. The gospel, the most beautiful thing known to man. 
And today, we've heard afresh Jesus' words in our ears to partner with him and to finish the work for he has many people in this city. Why don't we stand together? I'm gonna to invite the band to come and help us as we respond. We're going to respond by breaking bread together, taking the bread and the wine. And um, if you're at home online and you didn't know this was happening, then this is your moment to go and grab something, um, something that looks like bread and something that looks like juice. We're going to do this in the room um, with non-alcoholic juice. There's gluten-free bread available also. What I want to help us with, again, as we go back to who we are in him, I want us to remember him, obviously, and what he has done for us. But in his death and his resurrection, that good news, he has brought us life. He has forgiven us from our sins. And we will inherit an eternity with him. And we can revel in that joy. So as we take the bread and the wine, first and foremost, let's remember the good news has affected our lives. <laughs> it has transformed us from the inside out. And then we're going to move to remember that we've been a saved people but we also, in those moments, we'll know what, it's be, what it is to be a sent people. And to share, go and tell and care and share in word and action and deed this incredible news that has transformed our lives. So we have a table up here, we have a table over there, we have two at the back, that's where the gluten-free bread is. Um, I'm going to ask you to come forward and receive the bread, or go backwards if you're nearer the, um, the rear of the building. Um, we're going to come forward through the center aisles, and then work our way around, and then go back to your seat, as it were, out on the wide aisles, okay, peripheral, so something of a a one-way system um, into the center aisles and then round, pick up bread and wine and then go back to your seats. Um, this is a believer's meal. So if you're not yet a disciple, if you've not yet confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then why not just reflect on him and ask him uh, to reveal himself to you this morning. Yeah, go, go. <laughs> mm 
Let's uh, stand together. I want you to hold the bread and the wine in your hands. It's representing Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Why don't we just thank him for the place where we now find ourselves in Christ. Before we take the bread and the wine, just thank him. Thank him him that someone shared the good news with you. Thank him that he opened your eyes to the truth of the gospel. Thank him that he saved you from your sin and from death. Thank him that one day he's gonna call you home. And you're gonna revel in eternity with him, your Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus. And then I want you to know that this kind of symbol that you have in your hands is the message that you carry in your heart. This treasure is deposited in you, a jar of clay. This beauty we take the bread together remember it's his body broken for us those of us in this room who know him we are saved people That's the truth. But he shed his blood for us that we'd also be a sent people. As the Father sent him, so today he's recommissioning us afresh into our world so that others might taste and see of his goodness (laughs) and maybe one day be able to take this meal with us. What a day. What a delight. What an adventure that we've been caught up on. Let's take the wine together. to pray for us. And those of you at home, I guess there's probably a number of categories 
of how you're hearing this message right now. Maybe you've always been fearful and never been able to share your faith. I believe today, God wants to come to you with peace, just like he did with the disciples. He wants to remind you that he's got it and he's got you. And he will work in and through you as you make yourself available to him today to be a witness for him in whatever way he chooses for you. I mean, there's a second group of people. Actually, if that's you, why don't you just open your arms, respond to him. If that's you, just open yourself to him. There'll be a second group of people, and I've known myself in this camp where you've you've tried this. (laughs) It didn't go well. And ever since, you've never wanted to go back there. And the words to you today is that Jesus was so pleased with your obedience. He wasn't concerned with the outcome. But your faith in going for it, he loved. And you know what, church? We leave the outcome with him anyway because that's his responsibility. We just share what we have and what he's done. And so God wants to reinstate you today back into the mission. And he's saying, will you come back into the adventure? And there's others of you, you've been putting this into practice all your life. But if you're honest, you would rail at God and say, I'm relatively fruitless. (laughs) I I might be responding to this myself. And I believe God is upon us that as we continue to abide in him in these days and in this coming year, he's gonna make us a fruitful people. (laughs) We're gonna see loved ones come to know him. We're gonna see school friends come to love him. Family members, neighbors, colleagues. God, would you do this amongst us? (laughs) We pray for your glory. So Lord, I wanna ask, Holy Spirit, would you come? Let's respond to him now. Come upon us. We are weak vessels, broken as we've already heard. But even in our brokenness, it can be a powerful testimony as how we're relying on him just to get us through the day. And the world needs to hear that. Lord, I pray for those that are being disappointed and tried this and it didn't work and they were embarrassed and they felt ashamed and condemned now that they've never been there or gone there again. Would you release them? In 
into the delight of what it is to know you and to be on mission for you. Catch us up, Lord. Ungag your people. Let the church rise, arise. <laughs> Let it shine. Give us faith, Lord. Give us courage. I pray for those that lack compassion for the very heart of God to right now fill their hearts. And we pray, Lord, make us a fruitful people. <laughs> oh, it's such a, such a cry of us. Pray for those that have only ever done this out of duty because it's been said from the front. <laughs> I pray for a new dawn of understanding yourself what it is that you've been saved into <laughs> and a supernatural sense that you can't help but speak of your amazing Savior. We give all this to you, Lord. <laughs> Lord, we say pack this place on the 12th and the 19th with friends of ours that haven't yet heard the good news. Let us put a simple invitation in their hand and see what the Father will do. Build your church, God. <laughs> Build your church. We thank you that you are. We thank you that you will. And we thank you that you want to partner with us to bring about your end time glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's finish in song. <laughs>